We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 344. Our guest today spent her childhood riding, quickly moving from weekly lessons to riding and showing multiple horses a day. After a break in riding to go to college, she found herself dying to get back into the saddle. But after her return, she discovered that new anxiety around riding was really keeping her from doing the thing that she loved the most. So to set out to really kind of find a solution to that anxiety, she created a brand called Rider's Relief, a company dedicated to providing relief from pain, inflammation, anxiety, and stress to equestrians and their cats and dogs through a use of high-potency nano-CBD products. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Emily Wendt. Hi, Emily. Hi, Bethany. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm really excited to talk to you and hear a little bit about how Rider's Relief came to be. But first, let's rewind. Tell me how you first got started in the equestrian industry. Absolutely. I'm super excited uh, to be here with you as well. So um, basically, uh, at 11 years old, my best friend at the time, who happens to be my best friend still today, you know, that horse girl thing, she came up to me and said, my sister and I are doing a week-long horse camp. Do you think you want to do it? I hadn't had really any riding experience at the time. And I said, sure, let's do it. And uh, basically never looked back from that week-long camp, started taking weekly lessons that turned into two two times a week lessons. Then I was shareboarding my first horse. And within that two first two years of the camp, I bought my first horse um, and, you know, never looked back. And uh, I took a little break uh, somewhere uh, in college when we sold one of my horses. But prior to that, I was riding six days a week, showing all over the country at some, you know, double A shows in Virginia and Kentucky and uh, Michigan and things like that. And then I took a little break in college and realized that was not what I needed (laughs) and jumped right back into it. And here I am uh, 32 years later um, after that little 11 year old girl. (laughs) Wow. Um, You were obviously like competitive in your riding as a junior. Uh, What made you decide to ultimately take a break and go to college? I also took a break during college. What was that like for you? And then what was that like coming back into it after taking your break? So I graduated high school in like 1998 and there, there were equestrian teams out there, but they were much different than the way they look now and like the competitive team spirit and stuff. And so for me, coming from the background I had, I mean, I rode multiple horses every day, not all the nice, not all the nicest ones, you know, you know, really grew up as a junior. Um, but it just was different for me. So I didn't go that route in college. Um, and then I happened to actually go to school uh, in Boca Raton, <laughs> right outside of Wellington, but school and college life kind of got in the way. And I'd go back home. to I didn't bring my horse with me. So I'd go back home to ride him, but it just wasn't enough. And then when I sold him, I just was like, Oh, you know, my heart, part of my heart was gone. And so I thought, you know what, let me just be young, take a little break. And I just realized, you know, uh, 
after two years, I'm like, something's not right in my life. What is it? And I realized, oh, I'm not writing anymore. So getting back to it was a little bit of a challenge because for me, you know, I had gone from writing six days a week. Most times I was writing two or three after school or two or three on the weekend. And then going to a place where I didn't have that same uh, barn life anymore. And Mm. I had to start thinking about getting a job, making money so that I could afford the horses (laughs) myself now. And I ended up, you know, I tried to stay within the industry, you know, making ends meet here and there, uh, taking odd jobs so that I could keep my time flexible to ride. Um, but I eventually was realized that I actually needed to make some money <laughs> and uh, took the dreaded desk job um, for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I became a weekend warrior at that time with riding. So I was only getting about two days in the saddle. And that was hard for me because, you know, the more time you spend in the tack, the better you feel, the more confident you feel. And going, I'd be feel great on the weekend. But then as like the day, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, as I crept into the weekend again, I'd be getting a little nervous about my ride. Hmm. Uh, and I think it just was some anxiety and things that come with age um, that was contributing to that. But hmm. It just, it it felt different and I still loved it. I still had the pull to do it. I never wanted to stop it, but I wanted to get back to a place where I felt like my, my junior rider, amateur owner self again, um, in my younger years. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I definitely feel like it's one of those sports that, um, you know, like, like a lot of sports it's, it's repetition, right. And it's the, especially as you get older and, you know, the reality of what we do sinks in a little Mm -hmm. bit. It's you, you start thinking through things a little bit more than what you did when you were 10. So (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. What were some of the jobs that you explored in the industry (laughs) when you were, you know, obviously for the first time kind of footing the bill and (laughs) and trying to figure out how to do this um, as an adult? Yeah. I, so basically it was more of, I would do, do some pet sitting <laughs> on the side. Um, I, and then also I would teach some up down lessons or, nice. you know, kind of be, I guess what you would call a working student, but not in my junior years anymore, just yeah. kind of do anything I could to shave some money off a bill here. I, I wasn't one that I, I didn't think I was going to become a professional trainer. I've always had a little bit fear, even as my, you know, 11 year old self as a rider. So I knew that wasn't the path I was going down, but I definitely wanted to ride every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to be around the horses and, you know, it's my happy place. It's, it's totally. my therapy. Definitely. What were some of the biggest, I guess, differences and, and maybe challenges coming back to riding as an adult? I think, you know, as an adult, I didn't have my own horse anymore. Um, and so, you know, you get very comfortable with your own horse. You can start predicting, you know, to an extent <laughs> how they're going to behave and, and, and just, you know, you just trust them on a level. Mm-hmm. And because of my financial situation, trying to make the money to eventually get again, you know, I went through and shareboarded and leased here and there. And, you know, it wasn't always the perfect horse that I was leasing. So, you know, I rode one that didn't like when people left the arena. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, there's a little anxiety when I see someone get off going, you're not staying. <laughs> You're going to go. Okay. Totally. <laughs> but um, 
<laughs> you know, things like that. So just kind of, and I would get in my own head. And I honestly think, you know, when I hit, I'm, I'm about to turn 43. And I didn't realize at the time, like in my 30s, my early 30s, you know, I never pinpointed that I had anxiety. <laughs> and then things start like creeping in more and more. And I go, Oh, I have a lot of anxiety. Hmm. And it would be unrealistic things, you know, like it would be I would have worst case scenario thoughts of like, how my ride right. is going to go that day. And oh, I, yeah. I just felt like a prisoner. And I thought, who am I, you know, I used to go walk into a pouring rain, three, six Annie owner ring, and there would be a huge puddle between the one stride. And the horse I had at the time, he loved mud. So I said, let's do it. You know, it, yeah. and I, I never would blink an eye. And now it's like, oh, it's raining out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah. So it was just, it was a lot of the anxiety and a lot of just uh, unreasonable thoughts I was having and, and thinking like I couldn't ride. And my trainer mm-hmm. would always say to me, you know, she'd see me have this fear and, and, and she's like, you have all the tools in your toolbox. Right. But my problem was my toolbox was like the kitchen junk drawer, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I couldn't mm-hmm. find them. My first right. thought would to be like, oh, I'm scared. Like, you know, I don't know how to do this. I want to get off type right. of thing. And now, honestly, with the writer's relief, and this is why I love it so much, is because it has changed my life where when it comes to writing, I love it again. I wow. want to go. I don't make, I don't, in my head, I'm not like, oh, you know, there's a lot of things to do today. Maybe I can't go to the barn hmm. type of thing. Um, and it, it, I'm, I'm driven to be there. You know, I just, and I, I just, I want to share that with other people that have, even if your fear is not as, you know, big as mine, or it, it didn't start that small, little stuff. Like you said, like, um, you know, if you go to the horse show and you take some CBD before you go in the ring, I have several friends. Uh, and customers that have tried it and they're like I can't believe it like I am just riding <laughs> I'm just enjoying myself I'm not yeah. freaking out so yeah I just those were the biggest kind of things that would go through my mind going back and um, as the adult rider definitely and I feel like in general anxiety is a big challenge for lots of riders um, if you're comfortable talking about it how did how do you feel like specifically anxiety shows up around your riding? Like what does that look and feel like for you on maybe a daily basis, but also like if you were to go to a show? If I were to take my horse to a show, is he going to be, even if we prep him and do all the right things, you know, getting a little tired before his class, ride him in the morning. Like, is he going to be explosive? My horse is 17, three and he, I love him and I, and I trust him. This last year has been just amazing for us. But at the same time, when he, we had goats move into a property next door the other day. And when that head comes up and he's looking <laughs> at these goats, I'm like, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my 17-3 horse is standing on his tiptoes. Mm-hmm. Is he levitating? You know, so it's just those things. Like, and am I going to be able to ride? Am I like, like, like I said before, where my trainer's like, you have all the tools. I would fear that all of a sudden I wouldn't have my seat. I wouldn't know what to do. And I would be so worried about like what was going to happen versus like what was actually happening. Sure. So I was like escalating situations that didn't need to be escalated. And, you know, our horses feel it. And so what's so great about my horse is if he looks at something, if you tell him it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. He trusts. He's like, okay, well, it is okay. Okay, great. Fine. Yeah, definitely. But I feel like that's me, for a lot of horses, but it's yes. hard for you yourself to get past that. 
Yes. And so, and my trainer would say, you know, you just have to tell them it's okay. And I, I, I started feeling like, I'm like, I feel like I can't tell them it's okay. Cause I feel like I don't know if it's okay. And so those were my fears. I didn't want to ruin him or affect him in a negative way because I was confused about, you know, my capabilities and, you know, just so off in the future of a reality that wasn't happening. <laughs> You know, you just see so many things in the horse world. Sometimes they get stuck in your head. And I was allowing that to happen. Mm -hmm. What coping mechanisms did you use or explore to help calm your anxiety around riding? So I tried a lot of like uh, meditating some breathing exercises. um, And those those would help, um, but they were temporary. So I just felt like I would be doing my like uh, breathe in for four, breathe out for seven. And thoughts would still be able to, to creep in and be intrusive. I did try some online equestrian coaches just talking about like mentally getting in, you know, the, the right frame of mind, but it just wasn't enough. <laughs> in the summer months, I feel like a lot of places that we horse show also tend to have lots and lots of rain and it's always the worst when you have you know a hot summer day with a bunch of rain and you also have a bunch of rain gear and it's just like the worst feeling in the world being hot and raining and disgusting and gross but I want to talk about whether or not equestrian because if you have not tried their breeches oh my gosh I am putting you on to a life-changing material that is absolutely so revolutionary and I feel like everyone needs a pair if not several whether or not equestrian breeches first of all they are waterproof and I know when I say waterproof you say okay Bethany like maybe like a little sprinkle or like get some water on them and it's fine no they actually their fabric passed rain test AATCC 35000 I don't know what that means, but after looking it up, it tests, it really like measures the resistance to the penetration of water by impact. I, again, read this, read this on their website, looked it up to actually see what the heck it was, still didn't believe it, so I have a couple pairs and I put them on went right to the barn, into the wash rack, and I ran the hose over my leg. And I was absolutely shocked how the water literally ran off my leg. Normal, you know, like riding breeches, not to mention they fit so well. They're so stretchy. They're so flattering. There's a zipper in the back, um, you know, right below your waist um, band that literally holds your phone so you don't have to like wear anything or have worry about your phone slipping out of your pocket it's just like so well made and to top it off the fabric is not only comfortable stretchy incredible it's literally rain resistant which is just i think so revolutionary for our sport so You've heard enough from me blabbering on. You need to go try them for yourself because I didn't believe it until I tried them for myself. So go visit their website. It's wonequestrian.com. So whether or not equestrian.com. Again, that's wonequestrian.com. Get yourself a pair of these breeches and tell me I'm wrong. I dare you. They changed my life and I cannot wait to ride in them in Florida and in Kentucky all summer. 
I mean, truly, thanks to whether or not Equestrian, rain does not have to freak you out anymore. So go check them out. You will not be sorry. And at, at what point, um, obviously, these experiences led you to creating Riders Relief, um, which are products intended to help soothe anxiety, but also bring relief to the aches and pains that come with riding, which is oh, brilliant. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the products that you offer are are kind of like that. They're like twofold, um, which has been, you know, why CBD based products can be so helpful for so many ways and very beneficial to an equestrian's life and well-being. So tell me a little bit about how this all unfolded with creating Riders Relief. Absolutely. I'm glad you asked. So um, you brought up the pain part, and that's actually how I first got into CBD with the topical um, application. And I, uh, because I have chronic aches and pains, that 15 years I spent at the desk, you know, I did not get up every 10 minutes and walk around to, you know, so my body is not only a little damaged from, you know, the 20 prior or 15 years prior years of riding to when I started that, um, then sitting all day and, you know, kind of my body just kind of fell apart. So I have lower back pain, I have shoulder pain. Mm. I blew up both my shoulders last year. I mean, I just, I could go on and on. <laughs> um, but I, started the CBD process and looking into some pain relief creams. And then I worked with uh, my supplier and we made a proprietary blend of which our muscle uh, and joint relief gel that I am just obsessed with. I use it daily. It helps me if I'm having a hard night sleep. Uh, I put it on my neck and I'll be asleep in a few minutes. Um, just the way it relaxes you. It's, it's like no other. Um, when I get home from the barn, if my SI you know, it was a little tight from the day and then I'll throw some on there. And it just really has helped so many people. Um, I haven't had one person tell me that they don't like it. So uh, that's really where it started for me, pain yeah. relief. And I didn't even think about the anxiety part because for me, the CBD is, it's a difficult sell for some people mm -hmm. um, regarding how it works because it does not like affect your motor skills you know, it doesn't make you feel high, it doesn't make you feel, you know, relaxed, like a Xanax or some other uh, pill might make you feel where you're a little bit slower. Uh, it just makes the intrusive thoughts go away. And it basically, I like to phrase it as um, I heard someone once say it, it turns down the volume. So when you're hearing this chatter that you don't want to be, you know, or, or just negative thoughts, things like that, you take the CBD and it, it just goes away. And I realized that because I was taking uh, a friend of mine said, here, try, just try some CBD gummies. I said, okay. Mm. And I took them for 30 days and, you know, I felt pretty good. It helped with inflammation and it helped, you know, I felt like I was in a good mood, um, but I wasn't quite sure, you know, I didn't know, I didn't have anything to really compare it to. Right. So I stopped taking them and I stopped taking them because I was taking one, uh, one every day, uh, stopped taking them. And within that first week of me stopped taping, taking them, my tension headaches kind of started coming back. I was getting a little like worrying and things like that. And so called my friend up and I said, I, I need, I'm going to get some more. And within one day of starting the gummies again, I, I, that's when I could feel the difference. Whoa. I was like, Oh, I feel free. I feel like I am enjoying every part of my day. And wow. um, yeah, it's, it's been really incredible for me. 
And I just want to share that with other people. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, I received some products from you, which I was so excited about. I took them with me. I actually have a bag of the gummies with me right here. Um, (laughs) But um, walk me through a little bit about the different products. I want to hear about the gummies first, because I think those are my personal favorite. I'm literally going to eat one right now. I feel like I'm doing like ASMR in my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but while I, while I chew on this, tell me a little bit about that. And I know you use CBD nanotechnology. What is that kind of unpack that for me? Sure. Absolutely. So the nanotechnology, uh, basically what it does is it reduces the size of the molecules of the CBD. So regular CBD the is oil soluble. And so it takes longer to absorb into your blood system. It has to go through anything edible has to go through your digestive tract and your liver, where the nano emulsification is a technique that breaks liquid particles into like minute droplets on a nano scale. So the bioavailability of the milligrams of CBD that you're actually ingesting is 95 to 100%. As opposed to regular uh, CBD, which ranges anywhere between like 15 and 40%. Interesting. Wow. So you're, you're, you're under, you're getting a more accurate dose um, with the nano. It's faster acting um, and it has the capability of bypassing the liver um, with those small droplets and getting into the blood system faster. So basically it bypasses your first pass of digestion. Okay. Gotcha. That's so cool. I mean, what would you say are some of the most common misconceptions about CBD use? I would say that they, people connect it with marijuana, obviously THC. Um, and they think that they're going to feel something, you know, that makes them not able to drive a car or act normal, um, things like that. Uh, they, think that because it's hard to pinpoint how it works, like Uh you have to kind of self-reflect when you take it because it's not, like I said, it doesn't do anything to your brain or, or, uh, you know, your mind. So it's kind of those two things is what I hear the most. Like, oh, it doesn't work for me. And those Mm. are usually the people that take it once and they're like, I didn't feel anything. And they put it down. Um, and, or, you know, it's got THC and they don't, they don't want to, go down that path, even though it's an FDA approved Mm -hmm. less than 0.3%. Right. Yeah. Right now you have products for riders and their pet companions, cats and dogs. I know right now you don't have horse products yet. Um, Will we be seeing horse products coming soon? Um, I don't know if it's going to be soon. I wanted to start, it's always been on the back burner and I've been talking to some people about it so that I have things in the works. Um, But I really wanted to launch this uh, company with products that I felt would reach every single equestrian and have something for each of them without having too much. You know, a lot of CBD companies, you go on their page and there's like a hundred plus products in, in this range and that range. And I started with, you know, we have the 50 milligram nano CBD gummies. Riders, most of them, if you ask them how they feel, they're going to be in some sort of pain or sore. It's just life. Like our bodies, you know, riding, we don't always get the comfortable horse and things like that. So um, I chose to do a 50 milligram because a lot of people think companies have come out with the smaller doses. The five milligrams really not going to do much for you. 
Right. And, and I think people are timid with it, but I did the 50 so that if someone didn't want to take 50, you could take half. If the gummies are big enough, you can cut it right in half, right. then you get 25. If you're, if you're nervous about it, you can even cut it in quarters and take, you know, one fourth of it. I did the tinctures for the same reason. You know, for me, before I ride my horse, I take actually about like 150 milligrams to 300 milligrams of my tincture, depending on how I'm feeling that day. Like if I wake up, you know, you know, my hormones are raging, I'm a little bit more on, you know, edge, stuff like that. Or if I'm stressed, you know, something else has stressed me out, maybe my anxiety is a little higher. So I might take a larger dose, or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's really windy that day. I don't know. Right. (laughs) Um, But uh, I, I did the tinctures in the 1500 milligram um, in the full spectrum. And then I also have a 500 milligram in the broad spectrum THC free. So um, I wanted to give everybody an option on what level they want to be at. So it's like you could buy the 1500 milligram bottle. If you only want to take a quarter dropper, that's fine. That, that bottle's going to last you a long time. Or if you're like me that takes it just when I ride, you know, it's a, 30 dose bottle lasts me about a month because I'm not riding every single day with how much I take it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to give everybody the option to try it and also give people the option that are users today and know the milligrams that they like to use every day and not have to, you know, buy four of a 10 milligram pack of gummies type of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Definitely. What would you say is something that you're passionate about in the industry that you feel people either don't talk or don't know enough about? I would probably say currently it's really making people feel comfortable on their horses in the ring. I don't think people talk about the fear Mm. enough and I don't, I'm not one to say like, Oh, talk about it. Sometimes talking about it can make you fear more but I think it's more acknowledging it so that you can change it. Right. And I, I've seen a lot of people where they just ignore that they have it. It's it, People see it. Everyone else can see it, but they don't want to accept it and they want to make an excuse for something else. And I think that really limits people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think they need to admit it to everyone, but admit it to yourself and help yeah. yourself and right. be a better partner for your horse. Because when you're scared, they know it. You know, and we don't always have the ones that say, okay, don't worry, I got it. Mm-hmm. I'll take care of you. You know, right. sometimes they're like, oh, what's scary? Like, right. Oh, that is scary. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, and so it, that's, that's the biggest thing because I think, you know, horses are partners and I love how all of them are different. I love their personalities. And I really think at the end of the day, our communication with them is what makes us successful, you know, training at home in the show ring any of those things. And if you're, if you have any sort of fear or anxiety where you're not present in the moment, you can't be that partner that your horse needs. Right. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's such a great angle to keep in mind because Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be, you know, about how other people perceive us or what other people are going to think. Or like if you come across as less of an equestrian because you experience fear or anxiety and, you know, looking at it more like, how can I be the best version of myself for my animal partner, like for my horse? And I I think that that's such a great realization. And um, the reality is like, especially now with, with things like rider's relief, um, there are 
a lot of options, even with, you know, now within the equestrian industry that people can use and utilize and take advantage of to help with their equestrian related anxiety and fear. And so I just think it's cool that it is something that we can continue to talk about. Obviously, yeah, that makes sense. We don't have it. Sometimes when you talk about it all the time, it becomes, you know, more of a reality. And so obviously being mindful of that, but if we can talk about it in a positive way and, and offer up some solutions, um, I think that that's super important too. Yeah. And it's like, I I just go back to, like I said before, the, where my trainer's like, you got the tools. And I said, my toolbox is a junk drawer. It's not anymore. It is a beautifully color-coded, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's, it's been really, it's been really incredible to, to just experience being so fearful and then to just be like, I can't wait to get to the barn Mm. and ride. And I don't care if he bucks after the jump today, because you know what, I'm going to learn something and we're going to keep going. And it's, he's not going to do that tomorrow, probably. So who cares? (laughs) I love it. That's so awesome. Well, Emily, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and share your story and how Riders Relief came to be. I think it's so cool what you're doing. Your gummies taste fantastic. And I wish you you all the best. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.